Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Welcome to today's episode of Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Our guest today is one of the most popular and successful young artists on the contemporary jazz scene. He's a multi-instrumentalist, composer and producer, and even a radio host. And most of us know him as a saxophone player, though. He came into the scene in 2010 with his freshman release, North End of Soul, and just two years later was named Billboard Smooth Jazz Artist of the Year. So far, to my account, and, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but to my account, he has had 18 top 10 singles, 10 number one hits, and this, this young man is really just getting started. Please welcome to the show today, Vincent Ngala. Vincent, thank you for joining us. How are you, my friend? Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'm doing good. I'm going to start by letting you know that I got brownie points from my wife. My wife is typically, she, she loves what I do, right? But when I told her right. I was interviewing you today, she was like, oh my God, are you really? And I was like, yes, I am. You know, <laughs> so I, I got brownie points from her and she's, she was really looking forward to the fact of learning about how this interview went today. So I appreciate you being well, on tell today. Her I said hi and give her my best, please. I definitely will, man. I definitely will. So I understand that you, re- music really captured you at an early age. Tell us oh, about yeah. how that happened. Well, you know, I was always around music constantly. My family, they're music people, period. It wasn't sports ever. It wasn't, you know, anything else. We yeah. were just, my father was a, a, a mobile disc jockey. Okay. So what, what more do I need to say than, than yeah. that? He's got tons of vinyl, tons of music, yeah. you know, LPs that he just introduced to me. He had a massive collection that I just absorbed every ounce of, you know. Uh-huh. In addition to that, his brothers, my uncles, big music people, love bands. Okay. Going to see concerts, grew up around music. So, you know, it was just always around. It was yeah. always encouraged. And I'm the only one that actually plays a physical instrument in, out of the whole family. But really? I could, yeah, but I could say that they were musical in the sense that, you know, at family parties and stuff and gatherings, they were always dancing and blasting music. And, you know, so it was our thing. That's it was cool. our thing. That's really so it cool. A, it was just a natural thing, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're the only one that actually plays instruments. That's interesting. And I, you know, like, so I got to believe that your family was probably like, they probably were like pretty, thought that was a pretty cool thing for you when you started playing instruments, huh? I think, yeah, I think it was exciting for everybody, you know. Yeah. Because, and the funny thing is, you know, another big influence for me is, you know, my, my father and brothers, they formed a little group in the 80s when... Lip singing was kind of in vogue uh-huh. in a little time period. So they they formed this group called the Jimmy James Oldies Review. And <laughs> they, yeah, and they actually had this show. It was about seven guys, six uh-huh. or seven guys. They had a whole hour show of, you know, they'd put on all matching suits and, you know, and lip sing and just yeah. song. They weren't actually singing, but it was an actual show. And it was popular around the local area. Okay. And it was never a huge thing, but, you know, it, they got hired for parties and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I used to watch VHS tapes huh. of this show, three, four years old. So yeah. I'd be, like, mesmerized at the TV, <laughs> seeing, seeing them dance and step and the uh-huh. lights, music. And so that that kind of sparked my whole interest in just show business, period. And That's doing cool. Doing show and backstage and lights and the whole aura that surrounds live entertainment i mean that was really a huge huge yeah 
yeah. influence on me to become to be want to become an entertainer and be a part of showbiz and all that, you know. So I take it that that there was probably not much else that really that you thought about doing other than being a musician. No, I mean yeah. I did the obligatory sports thing in school, you know. Yeah. Like, they, my parents signed me up for t-ball and soccer and basketball yeah, but yeah. there's actual footage now of me on the soccer court at three years old ear drumming and completely <laughs> running the opposite way of the team i'm just i'm I got songs in my head i have yeah. no interest in sports whatsoever so it's actually funny that you know? is that's hilarious and you're a multi-instrumentalist so how many instruments do you play what are all the instruments you play well i started on the drums first instrument that's still i think you know, my, one of my favorites to this day. Yeah. You know, everything, everything's rhythmic based for me. The guitar, starting a guitar, keys, a little bit of bass. But then, you know, in fifth grade, age 10, picked up the sax and kind of, it was a more of a reach instrument. Uh-huh. Whereas, you know, I was huh. having fun on all the other instruments, but the sax had this aura around it. It wasn't that accessible. I had to work at it. Okay. And I, made me want to keep going and because it was it wasn't really that easily attainable to get a good sound right away it takes a long time you know yeah 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 but i had to stick with that so so i you know i still play all the other instruments to this day i i, I do all my own production on my albums I, I still play all the instruments on my cds okay and I, i'll play guitar in my show i sing and every now and then i'll get on the drums a little bit but you know the sax has become the instrument that I think I'm most associated with, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think that's my main voice at the end of the day. You know, it's interesting because I don't think a lot of our, you know, like you're, it's amazing to me how many instruments people like yourself play. I've had several guests on who, yeah. like you, are multi-instrumentalists. And one of the things I'm always curious about is like, because you guys work at such a high level, like you're not just practicing your saxophone. Like how much time are you spending to keep your skills up on those other instruments too, right? Well, you know, I I did all that practicing at, at a young age. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, we could always continually practice. I yeah. mean, music is a lifelong thing for us, but it's hard to maintain on everything. Drums yeah. is more of a natural thing. Like, I always feel comfortable being on the kit, even after not playing for a while. But, you know, I, I know what you mean. Guitar, you got to keep your chops up. Yeah. You, the calluses on your fingers aren't hardened. You know, it's a little bit of a breaking period. And but the sax is the most unforgiving. I have to, I have to try to play every day, even if it's just for a little while, just to keep my. Because you know, there's all muscles up here. It's yeah. just like, it's just like if you haven't gone to the gym in a long time. It's like, ooh, you no, know, you gotta like, ooh. Yeah. yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep that up, or else you'll feel it. Yeah. You know, when you, if you, if I'm off too long from the road, then I go do a show. Yeah. And I haven't played extensively in a while. I'll be like, ooh. Yeah, I'm feeling up here. So you got to maintain that. You know? you know, that's a great point because it, it is it's it's like anything that you want to be good at, like sports or any it's muscle memory in some cases. And I don't think people realize like like you guys make it look so effortless when you're on stage that I don't think people realize just how unnatural some of that is the way you hold the sax or the way you hold the guitar. Like I started taking guitar lessons that long ago. And I got to tell you. The hardest thing for me was trying to hold my hands in the right positions to be able yeah. to play, right? Yeah. And I don't, and I'm feeling it in my shoulder and I'm feeling it in my back. And I'm just like, I don't think yeah. people think about all you guys go through to, to put on a show no. and make it look effortless. No. Well, you know, that's funny you're saying that because, yeah, you're right. You don't really necessarily know what's involved until you, you, you get your hands on it, you know. But I think consistency is the thing. I mean, that's yeah. why you got stay up with this because it comes natural after a while and you yep. feel at home where your fingers go but you gotta 
even for the most advanced musician, if they don't play for a while, you'll lose that really, that lubricated feeling like everything's working and yeah. really, and you just feel so tight, you know, but it's just, you gotta, you gotta maintain it. That's it. Yeah. So with you coming from a musical family, what was it like the first time your family heard you on the radio? What what happened in your in your world? <laughs> it's just it's one of those moments where you just you can't put it into words because it's surreal. Yeah. I, remember, I remember where we all were. We were all together, and uh, one of the first stations to play me was a, a a station out of Connecticut where I'm from. Yeah, and we were having dinner on the porch in the summertime, and we heard it come on, and it was just like. It's just, it's the biggest thing in the world at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. For real. It doesn't, it feels weird. It's like, you've heard this song thousands of times when you're recording it and writing yeah, it. And yeah, On the radio, in the context of other artists and, and other songs that are new, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. yeah. Talk to us about your process for composing songs and, and the inspiration for your songs and your music. I don't have a set routine. Sometimes I'll hear a melody and then build a track around it, or okay. sometimes I have to get a groove going and form a bed of a groove, and then I'll, then I'll actively try to write a melody over it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No matter what the process is, I definitely have to sit down and actively do a writing session and work. It's not like I'm... It's very seldom like I'm... Some artists say, oh, I was on the beach... The sunset was there, and then I yeah. <laughs> had this idea for a song. I mean, no, I mean, sometimes that happens, but for the most part, that's not a chore. But you have to sit down, you have to have to actually carve out the time to, you know, be in a comfortable environment, make the mood right, be comfortable, you're well-fed, you get some water in there, but, you know, you got because you got to get in the zone. When I get in the zone, I stay there for hours and hours and hours, sometimes just when I'm really in the zone, I'll be going every day for eight hours just, you know, trying to finish stuff. I mean, but then there'll be long periods of time where nothing, nothing. It's like, I don't work out a little bit at a time. It's either nothing or I just go all, all at once. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a creative process, right? Like the creative process, you don't necessarily just turn it on and off. It happens like something moves you to do that. And sometimes, right, you can't turn it off because it's just flowing, you know? No, it's, it's hard to turn it on, but it's, it's also hard to turn off when, when you're, when you're inspired. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's listen to one of the songs off of your latest release, Fire and Desire. This is one that got lots of airplay and was very successful for you. How about we take a listen to On the Move? Oh, you got it. All right.
All right, everybody, that was today's guest, Vincent and Gallo, with his popular song, On the Move. So, Vincent, what do you prefer, or do you prefer one over the other, creating music versus performing? Like, is there a preference to either one of them? Well, the studio is a is an arduous process a yeah, little bit. Yeah, It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love I love the creative process. I love creating tracks. It's, a, it's very special when something especially starts coming together. And you get excited about a song, yeah. and you're excited about a track. That's those are very special moments. But at the end of the day, I I love performing. I love yeah. putting show. I love show business. Yeah. I love the behind the scenes of the show business. Yeah. All the all the administrative stuff that goes. Uh-huh. I can do it all along. So I think you know. But they go hand in hand. You can't yeah. you can't perform and you can't do shows if you don't have music. So right. you gotta. You got to set aside the time to make sure you do both. You know, I'm, I'm putting out music consist- consistently and then touring in support, of, in support of the new music. So I love performing. Well, you're pretty doggone good at it, too. I've seen you oh, seen man. you many times. <laughs> and, man, you put on a great show. I've never seen a Vincent and Gala show that hasn't been just like a top-notch oh, show. Man. And I think that there's you. a lot of work that goes into, like, creating your show. You know, like, it's yeah, it's evident when you see your show. Well, but, well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into shows. There's the material, first of all, that you're going to play. Then it's little things, again, like going back to what you said before, people don't think about the song order of yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. It's so crucial. You can't just take 15 songs and throw them up and just randomly play them. Yeah. There's a ebbs and flows of the show. It's yep. important to find peaks and valleys. You yep. start off strong and then you follow it up with another strong one. Then you maybe simmer it down a little bit. You do a little slow jam or something. Then you throw in a cover. Mm-hmm. Then you throw in a cover. Then you do another something new, yeah. maybe. There's no rules. It's whatever you want to do. It's whatever kind of show you want to convey. Yeah. But it's definitely something that I take the time to make sure is right. And I and I yeah. do take the time to make sure it's got a good feel and a good flow. It's very important. Very important. No doubt know. about it. Well, I'll tell you. I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I saw you and Peter White last summer at Country Club Hills just outside of Chicago, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're at that show, and interestingly, I put on a festival and do this podcast and have loved this music for a long time. And so I've been to lots of concerts, and you you can tell very quickly the people who painstakingly care about the things that go into their show because the shows are just super, super tight, right? Right. And with you and Peter White, I got to tell you, I was sitting in a crowd and I was just, I was having a philosophical moment. I'm looking at the crowd. It's 95% black, right? Yeah. And that crowd at Country Club Hills. Yeah. And it's you and Peter White on stage and I'm looking around and there's, I'm telling you the truth. There's not a person that I saw who was neither bobbing their head or tapping their feet and like totally, totally into it. And it made me think, you know, like, I wonder, do you ever think about you know, with all the crap that goes on in our world and how divided yeah. things can be, do you ever think about the impact that you have on just bringing people together and, you know, breaking down those barriers that sometimes unnecessarily keep us apart or keep us from understanding that, hey, we're all just people here, you know? Well, I think music is the one thing where undoubtedly that happens. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a very powerful thing, music. It's a, first of all, it's a universal language. So, you know, everybody understands the language of music. Yeah. And it's a very, it does a lot of very powerful things to, to all kinds of 
people from all walks of life. And it does unite us. It does unite us. I don't think we, we actively think about that when we're on stage. I think we come to realize it after. It's such a beautiful thing, but it's music. There's not, it's, we're all music lovers. We all love musicians. We love playing together. We love feeding off the audience. The audience loves to hear the music. And it's like, it's just, it's just this beautiful thing where, like you said, at, at that point in time, yeah, yeah, it's a state of euphoria. Everybody yep. is united, and music makes you forget about your troubles or whatever yep. you got going on in your life. You could you could just decompress for that moment in time, and you realize that man, that it's the bottom line is this: it's bigger than all of us. Music, yeah, it's bigger than all of us. So it's it's, and you know, to be able to do it for a living and night after night. Yeah, and see the impact that music brings to people and happiness and joy. Yeah, that's something you can't put a price tag on. You know, you really can't. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Do you notice those things? Like I, I was just like at that concert again. You guys were like it was a day full of concerts. It was a festival, right? And yeah. so there were there were several acts, and there were three. It were, we were there for two days at that festival, and there were three acts in particular that my wife and I both were like. These cats are the tightest. And you and Peter were one of those three, right? Wow. Thank and you. yeah, but it's the truth. And like, do you, like, when you get off a stage after doing a performance like that, one, when you're on stage, are you noticing how the people are getting into it? And when you get off of stage, like, like, I, it looks like you guys just gave everything you had. Are you just absolutely spent after that? Well, it's, if, it, if you're on stage, it's an intense period of time, whether it's yeah. 60 minutes or 90 minutes, you know, so you do have to. When you do come off the stage, it's you are spent to a degree. Yeah, but but, but it's it's like almost like a a good spent. You don't even yeah. realize it because, like in the case, like you said before, the audience is bopping their heads, stopping their feet. You know you're doing a good job. Want to see heads moving? You want to see people dance and have a good time? That's the highest compliment and the and the most powerful feedback that you could get as a performer that you're doing something right. That people are enjoying it, moving their head. Yeah. So it's it's often very euphoric when you get off stage. It's gratifying that it's especially on those special nights where all the cards are there, the band's tight, the sound is good, the audience loved it. You know, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Those are moments when you get off stage where you can't you would you wouldn't trade those moments for for anything else. Those are very special moments in time. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I understand that you are a foodie and a cook, huh? <laughs> Unofficially, yeah, okay. but I, I, okay. I do like to cook a lot at home when I'm when you know when I got downtime and I'm not in the road and uh, I like to do it and I I think there's a little bit of a, a correlation there with music because like for example if we're building a track yeah we're taking all these different elements drums and keys and put, throw a bass line here or a guitar riff here cooking is like that you got all these yeah. different ingredients there's no right or wrong you just throw a little bit of this throw a little bit of that and it's like and it comes together to form the dish, just like the other elements come together to form the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's why I like it a little bit. But it's just, it just, it just relaxes me. You that's, know, cool. Kind of, that's cool. That's cool. Have a little TV on in the back while you're cooking. Yeah, it's just, it's just fun. So I, I'm assuming you're not necessarily maybe a recipe guy. You're, you're just creating as you create, or I do a lot of Italian dishes. Okay, and you know, a lot, a lot of traditional Italian American dishes are just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not measured, and you know, it's like what your grandmother used to throw in there. Your mother taught you. It's like passed down stuff. Okay, 
baking, that's a little different. That's more of an exact science, of yeah, course. Yeah, but yeah. Cooking is, you know, it's it's open to interpretation. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's for for those of us who got the creative side of the brain, it's it's you know the same premise. So, what are your go to dishes when you're in the kitchen? Man, I make a good uh, chicken parm, them scampi, chicken franchise. I like uh, I can make good enchiladas. Oh, you know, okay, cool. Mexican dishes. Uh huh. Tacos. I mean, yeah. that's a little more easier to make, but yeah. You know, there's and I like trying new stuff. Oh, chicken milanese, which is just a breaded chicken color over a, a bed of arugula and shaved Parmesan cheese. Huh. You know, sounds you're, good. You're getting me hungry now. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Right, I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> Some of the best dishes have minimal ingredients. You know, that's the best. You don't need a lot of stuff, especially you know the Italian culture. That's what it's based off of over in Italy. So the, yeah. the most flavorful dishes are comprised of the least amount of ingredients. Just some good fresh garlic, fresh yeah. oil, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Good for you, man. So when you're out on the road, like, do you do you get to get your foodie on while you're out on the road? Do you make time to do that? Yeah, I, I do. I do. And one of the gifts of, of being able to travel to all different kinds of cities and not even just the U.S., you know, yeah. of course, around, around the world. I mean, it's just you get to try cuisine and, and fare from all over, stuff that you would never normally might, you, that you might normally have never tried at home. You know, you, yeah. get, you get the opportunity to have it fresh and you ask locals and you talk to locals, where do I go eat? And you yeah. find out, you hear from others, go here, try this dish. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things about travel too, though. Like you said, you talk to the locals and you find out where they go, right? I remember going to Jamaica once and we had taken a cruise and the cruise ships always try to tell you where to go and where to eat, right? And we decided, right. no, we're not going to do that. We're going to we're gonna find somebody and say, hey, where do you go? And we found this guy who was a taxi driver. We said, well, where do you go to eat and hang out? And he, took, he drove us up into the mountains and he took us this little bitty place up in the mountains and we ate, we hung out there for about three hours, ate the best jerk chicken I ever had in my life, just hung out with the people who own the spot, had a couple drinks, just chatting outside, talking. And really, it was like, it was so cool of an experience, so different than just going to some restaurant, you know? I can relate. We've had experiences similar to that. You always ask the locals, where do you like to eat? Yeah. And that's yeah. it. That's you know, the key. Because, I could think of places in my hometown, like, that are tourist spots and then that I would never recommend to somebody, I'd take them to somewhere special, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's the way to do it. So, speaking of your hometown, you're a Connecticut guy, East Coast guy. Do you Mm -hmm. still live out on the East Coast? I still live in Connecticut, You still live in Connecticut. Okay, okay. Yep. And I actually have a home now in the same town that I grew up in. No kidding. That's kind of cool. I'm comfortable here. All my family's here. That's great. This is where I like to be. Yeah. This is where... I've settled, you know. Other than family being there, what's the favorite your favorite thing about your hometown? Oh, I live in a small town. Yeah. Prospect gets only like ten thousand people, but everybody knows each other, which yeah. could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah. But I like the seasons. I like the geography of the northeast, New England. We're not too far from the shore. You know, we got great seafood in yeah. the summer. Okay. It, it just there's a lot of things to do, it you know, depending on the time of year. You know, winter you got all of course snow and winter activities fall is a beautiful time of the year like fall is my early fall is my favorite time of year now i think you know go apple picking and pumpkin it's just and then summer you know it's just it keeps life interesting yeah you know, it, it is something to be said about waking up in beautiful weather and sun every day whether it's in florida or california but yeah yeah we get plenty of that throughout the year with touring and being on the road yeah but true about the seasons you get to look forward to doing certain things at certain types of the year you yeah know? no doubt about it no doubt about it. yeah where, where we live we definitely have seasons as well and that is something that you miss when you live in other yeah. places so at home are you 
Are you Vincent, the famous uh, musician, or are you Vincent that people have known for forever? I remember since you were a little boy. Yeah, I think a little, a little, little Vinny. Yeah, yeah, okay. Little Vinny, they used to do Elvis in fifth grade. That's how they know me as, you know. No, I, I just love being here, and we know everybody and everything. And yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a, the level of comfort of the home that you just feel when you get off the road. And yeah, I'm a very social person. I love meeting all kinds of people yeah. making friends and, and, and being on the road. You have to be social to be in the, in the music business. No you know? doubt. No or, doubt. When I come home, I just love to decompress. I, I like to be in the suburb, the wilderness, you yeah. know, like, like a wooded area. It's nice and quiet. Uh-huh. I, just love, I like to have that balance. That's you know? good. That's really good. Well, let's take a listen to another one of your songs. How about we, how about we spin yeah. Shadow Dancer? Yes. All right. One of my favorites.
everybody, that was Shadow Dancer by today's guest, Vincent Ngala. Vincent, tell us about that song. Tell us about how that song came to be and why it's one of your favorites. Yeah, that's just one of those instances where the track just, it just really came together. One of the best songs, I think, that other songwriters will tell you this, they don't remember writing them. They don't yeah. know where they came from. They just kind of poured out of you and happened. You yeah, know? yeah. I just remember it was like it was like a groove that just started, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh man, this, you know, it just it just immediately clicked. And uh, when you get inspired by a good groove, usually, you know, very quickly you'll start hearing a melody that that just kind of yeah. makes sense. Okay. Okay. You know, the, just right away it'll be like, you're just hearing something. And I used to remember that was one of the basis of the Fire and Desire CD. That kind of yeah. set the tone for. The rest of the record, it was the first song on the record, and I think earliest I did, and that that gave me the inspiration to keep going and finish the record, you know. That's cool. That's cool. So you've worked with lots of artists in your career, like you've collaborated yep. with lots of different people. Like, is there someone out there that you haven't had a chance to work with yet that you're dying to work with? I think about that sometimes. I've worked with just about everybody in, in the smooth jazz genre. yeah. yeah. That I've wanted to, and a lot of a lot of bucket list people I've gotten to, you know, form or record with. If it, if I had to pick somebody, it probably would be um, in a different genre. You okay. know, somebody like something crazy, like Tom Jones. Yeah. Or, 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 or I love I love classic singers. You know, okay. they have a signature voice. So maybe God, I mean, I I I would have loved to have worked with Teddy Pendergrass. Oh you know? man, I mean, it's just Ooh. one of the greatest one of the greatest voices of all time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so something like that, yeah, you know, something different, you know, a, a great vocalist or I like a, I admire a lot of famous session musicians that, that aren't necessarily household names, but members of the Wrecking Crew, you know, that California that played on a lot of records that came out of the, the 60s and the California scene. And of course, I'm a big Philly file. Yeah. Sound of Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. So I really admire a lot of the session guys from Philly, early young drummer, Ronnie Baker, bass player, Bobby Eli, he produced a lot of those sessions. So I would love uh -huh. to work with guys like that, that played on the songs that are, are heard literally around the clock every day around the world. You, yeah. you hear something that came out of Philly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so true. And so, yeah. That was so, good stuff. Like that that, that was know. good stuff. Yeah. So what's playing in your car right now? What are, what are you listening to as you're rolling around the hometown these days? A lot of talk radio. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> a lot of local news, a lot of major news. It's just, I, what it is, it's just like, I think you'll oh, hear so much music during the day. Yeah. Every now and then I'll flip through the stations. I've got satellite and I'll just, I'll listen to anything. You know, I go yeah. from, I got the 40s station, 50s, 60s, 70s, little yacht rock, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? There might be some good stuff on there. Uh, the groove, I like the groove. There's a lot of great stuff on yeah, there. Yeah. Soul Town. I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah. I know all the songs, but it's like I it, it, I want to discover some new music. And I think uh, there's a lot of channels that open your eyes and ears to some new artists. You yeah. Know, they're great. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm from riding around, talk radio is a cool way to just zone. I don't even have to listen to what they're saying or care. I'm just I'm just zoning out and uh -huh. just another voice in the background, you know, or whatever. That's so. cool. Yeah, I've heard that from other musicians, too, that yeah. sometimes, you know, you're like, you're doing music all day, and so when you're when you're to tooling around, going to run your errands and stuff like that, sometimes you don't want to listen to music. Sometimes you want to listen to something like some yeah. talk radio or something. So I get that. That yeah. makes. But total if I got sense. a song in my head that I can't get out, I gotta. I, I'll put my my phone on Bluetooth, and I'll just you know, 
I'll just keep repeating a song, repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. I, I, that's classic of me. If I have something in my head, I'll drill it into the ground all day. I can't, I can't play anything but that song. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So when when I saw you guys at Country Club Hills, you and Peter were doing, you and Peter White were doing a little bit of banter on stage, and I recall you guys telling a story about how you first came to play with Peter, and you guys have been playing together for a long time. You remember that story? You mind sharing that story with our audience? I thought it was a cool yeah, story. Yeah, well, it was, it was actually my first time ever on the West Coast. Yeah. I, uh, I flew out in good faith with my parents. I was supposed to do this showcase in San Diego. There was supposed to be this big award ceremony yeah. that weekend, the, the Smooth Jazz Oasis Awards, uh-huh. something like that. And a lot of people flew in from around the world for this award ceremony in San Diego. And at the very last minute, I'm talking very last minute, they yeah. got canceled. Uh-huh. So a lot of people were still in town for this event. And so there was really nothing to do. So out of the goodness of his heart, Peter decided to throw some speakers in the back of his car. Huh. Called Ramon Islas, a percussionist from the L.A. area. And a couple saxophonists at the time, and he set up with the help of a, a fan who was a, a, a great... He put up the money to rent this room at the Hard Rock Casino. This okay. is all in it. They said, look, we got four or 500 people in town that are going to see no music this weekend. Yeah. Let's rent the room. Peter agreed to come down out of the kindness of his heart and play. And, you know, which is some tracks and percussion. Yeah. And unbeknownst to me, Peter was kind of aware of... Me as a player, I guess somebody had sent him a YouTube clip of me before, so he knew knew of me, and he subsequently knew that I happened to be in town. Yeah. And so he sent me an email. He said, you know, I'm playing. Do you want to, do you want to come play with me tonight? Do you know any of my songs? <laughs> well, he, he emailed me, and I, I, I ran into him, but I didn't get the email until after I played with it. That's the funny thing. He, yeah. He had I didn't know it. So I ended up meeting him on the street. I saw him in a parking lot just by chance. Wow. He came up to me and he said, do you know any of my songs? And I said, yes, which I did because I grew up listening to his music. My yeah. parents were, were playing contemporary jazz around yeah. the house. And he said, do you know a song called Ben Night in Manhattan? And I said, yes, I do, actually. I was very familiar with the song. He recorded it with, with Grover Washington, you know. And so he said, do you want to come up and play that with me tonight? And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he does the show. And he, uh, he invites me up for that song. It was the first time we ever played together. That was the yeah. first song we played live. And he invited me. He, he says, stay up for a couple more songs. And we played some more songs, which I had known from just from up here in my heart. From yeah. Room from heart. Yeah. Never played him with it before. Never rehearsed it. But it was like this, like this shot of, of lightning. That It was just yeah. like, you know, it, we just, it was, we had this musical chemistry, you know, the yeah. way we played off each other and. We thought the same. We had the same musical ideas and instincts. It was so unbelievable, and that's that's carried on. Yeah, all these years later, almost twelve years later, it's it's carried on. You know, that's a pretty amazing story. I, I remembered that story because I have a daughter who wants to be an actress, and and my quote to her is the thing that I say to her all the time. It's like if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You know, that's like, very true. You know, it's like and and that's that's really. I mean, for you. Look at look at what happened. Like you had known this music, all this stuff. It wasn't. I don't know. I don't believe in that. These things just happen by chance, right? I believe that these things are meant to be. And then you have this opportunity to play with with Peter White, and you know sometimes things that 
look like a bummer that you went out there, you know, because the event got canceled, ends up being right. this huge thing, a 12 year, re- 12 year plus relationship with Peter White yeah. and this musical kinship that you've developed, you know, what a cool thing. And we almost didn't go to the event because we were like, why would we go now? Is this, are we taking a risk here? I didn't know any, we were totally green, my parents and I, we had, we knew nothing about the business. Yeah. Hardly knew anybody, but we, something just still made us go out there in good faith. I'm thinking about it now. It's just crazy if you think yeah, about it. Yeah. It really is. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, Yeah. Well, yeah. Vin- Vincent, we do this thing on the show where we, it's called this segment, we call it Bout It or Doubt It. So if you're, if you're about it, it's something that you're into or feeling. If you doubt it, it's something that you're not feeling. So can we, can we get you to play Bout It or Doubt It with us today? All I got to say is about it or doubt it? All you got to say is about it or doubt it. And you can explain your answer if you want to, but you don't have okay. to. All okay. right, let's do it. I started this body body. If you about it, get them up. I mean you body body. I mean body. We say you body body. I represent. I doubt it. All right, we're going to spin the wheel and get you a category, and then we're going to ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions, all right? Okay. All right. Vincent, your category today is sports, all right? About it or doubt it, bodybuilding. About it. About it, okay. About all it. Right. I've, been trying to, I've been trying to actively get to the gym more. It's hard, but yeah. I, 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 I've been trying to go down that path, so about it. Yeah, about it. yeah. When you're on the road, can you make time when you're on the road? Like, I don't think people really understand the schedules you guys are into when you're on the road either, so... Yeah, it, it, it can get really crazy, but, yeah. and, you know, the real dedicated ones find time to go to the gym, but it's hard on a show day. You're trying to yeah conserve some energy, you know, it's yep. like, it's tough. You know, you're tired or jet lagged, so yep. it's hard. <laughs> are you are you a guy who, when you're doing a show, do you like to get in the day before, or do you come in the morning of, or does it dep- all I like depend? To fly, I like to fly in the night before. I like to travel in the evening, you know, to have an early, I like to have a, a normal morning and afternoon at home and then i travel into the night and i like to get into a city late and then just crash gotcha then wake up the next day okay know? and then you're then you're on your show thing that, that day okay gotcha all right how about one more about it or doubt it question okay about it or doubt it skiing doubt it doubt it okay okay never right. tried it i'm afraid i don't want to yeah. break my limbs you know i don't know we'll see yeah <laughs> yeah it's so funny i'm i'm the same way i've never tried it and i uh, someone that i've known for 20 years I'm sitting at home the other night watching the news, and there's this story about her starting the ski club. I never knew she skied, and I was just, I was watching, they were showing a clip of her skiing down a mountain. I'm thinking to myself, no chance, not a chance. No, no, and you know, my girlfriend loves skiing, and she wants to get me on the slopes, and I keep going, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. She said, no, no, don't worry about it, but we'll we'll, we'll see if she can convince me one day. I have to start very, you know. Small. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tell you, I'm one of those people. I can fall down just walking on solid ground straight, you know. So <laughs> skiing is definitely not not something that I'm going to be into. Definitely well, not something that I'm going to be into. So yes. when people are, I want to go back to when you're on stage. Like, what are you hoping yeah. people feel when they listen to your music? It doesn't even have to be on stage. Even they're listening to your CDs. What are you hoping they feel? I think the, the best thing we can hope for is that people are moved. Mm-hmm. You know, we want the music to do something to them. You know, um, the beautiful part about instrumental music too is is that there's there's no lyrics yeah. to dictate what the song's about. So yeah, you have a song title, but really it's up to the listener's imagination for them to, to interpret what what imagery is coming to mind. And I've heard all sorts of things over the years. You know, like that people will come up and say, 
you know, this particular song, we were going through a rough time in our life. Yeah. And this got us through it. And they start, you know, crying when you play it in concert because it, yeah. just, it just floods their emotions. You know, like I said, going back to what I said before, it's a yeah. very, very powerful thing. And then, of course, we want them to have a good time. You yeah. know, it's all about, you know, being a, a showman and performing. We, Like you said, I want to see people dancing. I want to yeah. see them bop. We want to come to party. The We want people to come and just, no matter what's going on in the world, in their life, forget about all that for 90 minutes, have a great time. Everybody comes together. Everybody's one. And that's just really what it's all about. That's what we could only hope for all the time. And yeah. for the most part, it's the case. We're always surrounded by that. And it's that's why it's addicting. That's why these guys don't yeah. stop. Babies, they keep touring and performing. It's, it's yeah. It, it just never gets old. Every time you take that stage, it's a brand new experience. Yeah. Every time. Never gets old. I can imagine. It's, it's almost like I was I was watching an interview with some athlete saying that, you know, there's no place else I could. Oh, it's J.J. Watt, who just retired from Arizona Cardinals. He was saying, I know there's nothing else I can do in my life that will replicate going out there and doing what I did. then. it's probably the same thing for you guys. Yeah. I, I can compare 100% with that statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you could spend a day with any musician, living or deceased, who would that be? Oh, man. Well, my, my sax idol is, is a guy named Sam Butera. Okay. He was Louis Prima's sax player. Okay. And he's, you know, he was like a, a rock and roll type sax player, but also he had a lot of jazz influence. He was from New Orleans. Yeah. So New Orleans sound, Dixieland. Yeah. He played a ballad like no other. He screamed on the horn like no other. This guy is ungodly. He's, he's kind of like an unsung hero. Yeah. Not a lot of people know about him too much, but that's that's what got me hooked on the tenor sax. My okay. cousin, the Louis Prima record, he was playing a song called Oh Marie. And uh, there's a sax solo in, in the middle of that. And I said, holy macro. I mean, this is just turning my whole world upside down. And yeah. so I wanted a sax player with him. I never got to meet him. He died in 2009. Okay. I was still young enough. I wasn't on the road yet. I wasn't. Yeah. I, I probably could have easily met him now and, and tr- found a way to make yeah. some kind of contact. And, but I would have loved to have just picked his brain and sit down with him and just totally get a master class on just sax and life. He's a funny-witted guy. I'm sure I would learn a lot from him. And yeah. I, and I I feel like we'd be buddies, so I really wish I could have met Sam Butera. That's cool. That's cool. What advice would you give your 13-year-old self about life based on what you've learned so far? Wow, that's a great question. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Just look at the big picture. Yeah. A lot of little things aren't really going to matter in 10 years or 20 years. Yeah. Or I should say, if it's not going to matter in 10 or 20 years. Yeah. Don't don't work yourself up over it. Yeah. That's That's a great piece of advice. I think when you're a teenager too, you know, you, you tend to just worry more about stuff yeah. and get yeah. too caught up in what's my future going to be like, yep. you know, what, what job am I going to work, what lover am I going to meet, who yeah. am I going to end up with, you know, it's just, just live your life, be yourself and things fall into place. That's so true. That's so Work true. hard, yeah. be a good person. And, yeah. You know, yeah. That's it. That's great advice. I tell you, it's a, it's funny. You, My wife and I, were we have a 16-year-old daughter and we were having a conversation this morning just about how challenging it is for young people nowadays. I'm, I'm in my late fifties. I'm, I'm 58. And, and like when I was growing up, you know, didn't seem like we were exposed to as much as the kids are today. And it's, you're right. Like there's so much on these young people's minds nowadays. And you, that's such great advice. Just, you know, Hey, don't, don't sweat all that stuff. Let it, you know, it's not, it's not worth the stress. Yeah. The no, yeah. It's just not. Yeah. 
That's so true. Great it's advice. It's easier said than done to do that. True, but true. you have to kind of, you know. Yeah, you got to work your Compartmentalize everything. Yep, yep. Yeah, you got to train yourself to do that. But yeah. it's great advice. And if you can c- capture that kind of advice and begin to work on that at a young age, it'll that'll serve you well. Well, we got time to play one more of your songs, Vincent. How about we take a listen to Personal Touch? Got it. All right.
Everybody, once again, today's guest, Vincent Ngala, that was his tune, Personal Touch. So, Vincent, I got a couple of questions I love to ask all of our artists, put you on the spot a little bit. Sure. The first one of those is, what are your three favorite albums of all time? Wow. Yeah, there's, well, Santana won the first Santana record. All right. That's a good one. Uh, now, because we're talking about albums, I'm yeah. talking about cohesive start to finish everything. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Katie Lied, Steely Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. The probably Crusaders, Freeze the Wind. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta mention Wilton Felder. I mean, another yes, another face on the Mount Rushmore of saxophonists for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, I remember my father. Like I said earlier, he had all the vinyl, and I had a record yeah. player in my room. And and I was listening to everything, but one day he brought up a Crusaders record, and I said, "Who is that on the sax?" I mean, I, uh, that that just and that transitioned me into the whole jazz scene yeah. and fusion. You know, I just. Wilton Felder, another person I would have loved to have spent the day with and talked yeah, to. Yeah, that's cool. Either, either Chain Reaction or Freeze the Wind, I, you know, yeah. Classic, yeah. classic. I had a moment myself last week where I was just like, I'm going to listen to the Crusaders today. And I just put them on. And I got to tell you, like you were saying earlier, I think, like, I think they're one of those groups that like people knew them. But I don't think people really understood how great they were when they were doing what they were doing, you know? No, Joe Sample was a, yeah. was a genius. William Felder and Wayne Henderson had the best melodies that blended in with Joe Sample. You know, yeah. he, he was more out there, and then, you know, Will and, and Wayne kind of reeled that in and just made this. And Sticks Hooper, I mean, yeah. music, everybody in the band just contributed their own sound, and they just they really made up a unique, a yeah. very, very unique sound that, that that's R&B, it's jazz, yep. it's all, it's funky, it's fusion, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, it this really is, is. It really good. All right. One more to, to twist your brain here, Vincent. Sure. You're having a dinner party. You can invite any three guests, living or deceased. Who's coming to your dinner party and what's on the menu? This might be easier for you because we covered a little bit of this ground, maybe. This might be a harder question. <laughs> might be a harder question. Dinner party. Wow. Probably someone that I, I find very interesting, you know, that I'd have a lot of questions for. I got to invite... Elvis, you know, I'm, I'm a lifelong Elvis fanatic fan. You know, I grew up with Elvis. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And I know, I know how I would talk to Elvis. I got a lot of questions because I know everything about his life. So I want to ask him some hard questions that nobody ever really asked him before. You know? Okay, okay. He never really did interviews that much. So I'd ask him some interesting stuff. I'd probably have, you know, Wilton Felder over. You yeah. Know, I'd love to talk to him about music and the, and the songwriting process and... Who else could I think of? Crazy. Like uh, Hal Blaine, great uh -huh. drummer. Hal okay. Blaine, great drummer from the Wrecking Crew. He okay. played on thousands and thousands of number one hits. And kind of like an unsung hero, but I could always pick him out on the radio. And I'd love to talk to him. You know, so many guys. But yeah. On the menu, it'd be something that I make good. I, I yeah. make good Sunday sauce with, you know, meatballs and pork and uh -huh. sausage. You know, and so I'd, ma I'd make a good, I'd show them how to, a good traditional pot of macaroni's made with sauce. Sunday there you sauce. go. There you, you know. go. Well, that sounds like that'd be a fun party to attend, though. I might have to yeah. crash that one. A little. Well, you're, you're invited anytime you want. I appreciate so. that, man. I, I'll take you up on that. I'll take you up yes. on that. Show up in Connecticut sometime and call out for That's you. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what you got going on for the rest of this year. What what can we expect to to see from you the rest of this year, man? Yeah, busy year on the road. Yeah. And I just I just finished the smooth jazz cruise. We did two weeks. 
in uh, January in the Caribbean. We had a blast. Yeah. And uh, February, I've been laying low, which is great. Got just taking some time to rest up and get yeah. some stuff home. But a week from now, I'm playing Scullers in Boston, Scullers okay. Chef Club. And, uh, and then it just, boom, starts. It just, I don't look back the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, got some shows with Peter White. We're, we're doing awesome. another year on the road together. Like, okay. As well as my own thing, my band. We're doing festivals and theaters and, and clubs. And then I'm doing the Dave Cos Cruise uh, three weeks in May. We're going to Portugal, Spain, and Morocco. Yeah. All and right. Greece. It's going to be unbelievable. Great, beautiful itinerary. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it. Then end of July, I'm doing a river cruise with Rick Braun, Richard Elliott, and Dave Codds is going to be a special guest. We're going on the Rhine River in Germany for two weeks. It's oh, Rick's wow. Thing. That's It's going to cool. be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I've been looking forward to that for a long time. And then I'm doing the Peter White Christmas tour again. Okay. With Mindy Bear, the three of us. We're doing like 25 cities and 25 nights from wow. Thanksgiving to Christmas. So, And that's my fourth year doing this, and I look forward to it. You know, we're on Big old tour bus, and we have a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. That's a lot awesome. Of, a lot of great musical moments. Of course, I love all those guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. We have a lot of fun, so. Oh, that's fantastic. That's that's quite the busy year, and. Yes. You know, like, I don't, you know, people, it's one of the things, it's a testament, though, to to what you do, man, that you're that, you're that much in demand and you're that popular because you've been making good music for a long time, and. I can't, I'm, I look forward to, to listening to your music. It's always a treat. So. Well, thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. And I got to say, you know, being, being able to work coming up, you know, after the 2020 year, yes. you know, yes. everything was stripped away from all of us, you know, no not doubt. just music, like, you know, every, every single industry in the world. Yeah. And so every we take the stage now, it's, we don't take anything for granted and, and not like we did before. But you don't realize how good you have it until it was all just overnight stripped away. And yeah, so no it's, doubt. It's even more of a blessing now to be able to work and to keep going, especially coming out of the COVID times. We didn't know what the future was going to hold. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's yeah. great to see that live music is, is back and stronger than ever and, and really probably stronger than ever. I mean, people yeah. were, were so deprived of live entertainment and music and interaction. That's, the, that's, that's how we are as humans. We, we, yeah. we're, we need we're social that. creatures. We need to be... Yeah. Reaching out to one another and interacting and, 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 and socializing and music's a big part of that. No know, doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, it's, it's and, great and, to be involved in the And to our listeners, if you haven't seen this man on stage, go to his website, find out where he's planning your own, get some tickets because it'll be well worth your well worth your money. So thank Vincent, you right thank you for taking time today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for helping keep our genre alive. It's a team effort, my friend. We Absolutely. would never be able to keep touring and making music if it wasn't for uh, stations like you <laughs> and shows like this to keep us help going and spread the music and spread the love. Well, yeah. it's it's my pleasure because I, I'm getting to do something that I love. So thanks again for taking time to be with us today, Vincent. Thank you. All thank right. You. Everybody, be sure to get your tickets now for the 2023 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival. August 25th through 26th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, featuring performances by Larry Carlton, Paul Brown, Rick Braun, Julian Vaughn, Lynn Roundtree, Lindsay Webster, Ali Silk, and Jeff Ryan. Tickets available now at FreshCoastJazz.com. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, FreshCoastJazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.